Fashion and beauty are serious business. On this podcast, we will hear from amazing creative entrepreneurs. Join us as we explore their unique success stories, learn from experts, and hear about their journeys. Steve Jobs famously said that, the people who are crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones who do. So let's get crazy. I'm your host, Ann Zuckerman, and this is the Just Wanted to Ask podcast. Ladies, have you ever had one of those uncomfortable headlight moments? Don't you want to be heard without distraction? Bezzy broad discs are your solution. Go to justwantedtoask.com and look for Bezzy broad discs. Hello, everyone. Today, I'm really excited to welcome Shelby Light. Shelby Light is a passionate and dedicated realtor who takes extreme enjoyment in what she does. She gets to help others in what is possibly the most important and usually the largest financial decision they may make in in their lifetime. With more than 20 years of experience in the housing industry, she has the skill sets required to get her clients to the settlement settlement table, but she does so much more. So, and that's what we're going to talk about today. And I am thrilled. Shelby, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast. And I am so excited to be here. Thank you so much. I really am honored that you asked me. So now you're an independent uh, sales. So I'm a realtor with Keller Williams, but I'm, I'm an agent. So although, uh, Keller Williams is a franchise, I'm not an employee of Keller Williams. I'm an independent business owner that has my own real estate business underneath the umbrella of Keller Williams. You mostly residential, correct? I do mostly residential. Um, I have helped friends purchase commercial buildings. I don't do any commercial rentals or things like that, though. Get into real estate. That is a very interesting story. So um, prior to getting into real estate, I owned a construction company with my ex-husband. And we um, had a local contracting business. And my landlady was the team leader that I work for now. And when, um, sadly, my marriage was coming to an end, I we were shutting our business down. And um, she asked me, what are you doing for work? And I said, I have no idea. I um, Before I got into being self-employed in construction, I was a um, manager with Home Depot for 12 years. So that comes into the whole housing industry. I actually started as a cashier at a little lumber yard in Massachusetts at the age of 16. And I've just kind of always been in housing. Uh, but I went to the my landlady, uh, Vicki Landis Rensel, and said, um, we're going to have to break our lease and we're closing our business. My marriage is ending. And she said, what are you going to do for work? And I said, I don't know. And she's like, I have this thing I want to call. I want to send you called a disc. I want to uh, see where you're at and, and see if maybe I might be able to help you. And I did a lot of networking for my construction company. So I knew realtors were everywhere. Like there's a ton of us wherever you go. So I was like, oh, maybe she's going to know someone that might be able to help me. And a couple of days later, she contacted me and she said, 
this is crazy, but looking at your disc, you would be a perfect uh, fit to be an admin for my team. Mine's leaving and moving back to California. Do you want a job? And it was one of those, oh my goodness, um, yes, I have no idea at all. So I actually joined her team in an administrative role and did that for a year, learning the back end of real estate, watching her agents, watching them through negotiations and contracts and things, and realized that I could do this. And so I went and studied for my license, got my license, um, didn't tell anybody right away because of the fact that it was um, just a year since I had, you know, gone through a divorce and so forth. And Vicki had recommended, hey, why don't you send out a letter to everyone during the holidays and kind of just let them know how you're doing a year later. And so I did, I sent out like 350 letters because I was that mom that was on the wrestling board and I was on you know, the homeowners association. I was just always involved with things with my kids. And I got a call on, on Christmas Eve saying that um, it was a wrestling mom. Her mom's house was expiring with another company, had been on the market for six months, was going to be effectively off the market on January 1st. Do you want to help sell my mom's house? I was like, yes, please. Absolutely. And uh, went out there on January 2nd and got her under contract in 15 days. Had one of my biggest advocates right there to support me. I did. Um, I worked administratively my first year, working Monday through during the day and then doing nights and weekends. And then became full-time in uh, 2017 of just doing real estate. Oh, so you came into it with so much knowledge because understanding construction and understanding what people are looking for and needing and, and being nice. able to I have a slew of contractors being a GC and we worked all the way up in the Poconos down into Philadelphia. So, you know, we were a larger general contractor. So I've got those electricians and those painters and all those contacts that I was able to continue to foster relationships with. So if someone needs to know, you know, get something ready for their house or I'm buying a house that's a real fixer upper, I've got people that I, I know and trust that I can give names out for. Oh, that's, that's incredible. Uh, oh, amazing. You've got such a wealth of knowledge. So how have things changed over the last five, six years? It's been interesting. I mean, we, we were in this place of chaos with, with uh, the pandemic, Right. So, you know, we were I was considered non-essential for 13 weeks. I couldn't show houses. People were we were selling houses. They just weren't being able to go into them and look at them. And since the pandemic, you know, one of the things that back from 2008, when we had everything happen back then, new construction stopped. And so all of a sudden there's no new construction we get 3% interest rates back in 2020, 2021. And you've got now all these millennials that can afford to buy and there's no housing for them. And a lot of people went and refinanced. So now with interest rates being as high as they are, which it's still not ridiculously high, let's be clear, 8% is not 14, 15% like it was at other times. But when you take a look at 
the amount of homes of what's available and the price of the homes and where they're at. An 8% interest rate has taken a lot of people out of the market as well. So it's been interesting. It really has. Now you're in Pennsylvania. Have you seen a lot of people moving from state to state, moving into Pennsylvania or out of Pennsylvania? During the pandemic, especially, we saw a lot of people coming in from New York and New Jersey. And our taxes are, um, I mean, although some people might think they have higher taxes in Pennsylvania, when you take a look at those other states, uh, you're, you're still in a really good place. So uh, we were seeing a lot there. And I do help people with relocation in general. Um, one of the great things about Keller Williams that I love with our franchise is that we consider ourselves a technology company. And so if you know that you've got a client that's moving to or from another state, I can actually pull up all the agents in the company nationwide, their productivity. And I can say, oh, you want to move to Daytona, Florida. Let me find you the top selling buyer's agent in that area and provide that referral. So that way, even if they're leaving me to go to a different state, they know I, that they can trust the person that I've done my research on them and vice versa when I receive referrals from others out of state. So important. So important. So you mentioned the fact that you were actively networking before yes. um, when you had your own company. Uh, tell us about uh, how you've gotten involved in networking and what have what are the benefits that you've seen? So for me, again, being a realtor and dealing with people that are moving in and out of places that they might not be familiar with, the greater my sphere of influence and the more people I know, the more beneficial it is for me to help potential clients and clients. And I've always had the attitude of servitude. So, um, you know, I jokingly say I sell houses on the side. I'm just truly trying to connect people and through networking, I've just built some really, really strong relationships that have allowed me to then continue to help in the community. Um, I had mentioned it, you and I know each other from a networking group. So Polka Dot Powerhouse is one of the networking groups that I belong to where, again, we're a nationwide organization that can collaborate with other women and help you know, promote each other's business, but do it with not a salesy pitch to it. And there are other dots that I've come across as we call each other. We call each other dots for those of you that don't know what a dot is. We but, do. Um, and we do. We're, we're dot sisters. Yes, we are. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I'm partnering right now with a couple from um, a couple different chapters and trying to figure out how we can help community. And this past year, um, we had done, I, I partnered with five other women and we did a women wealth and wine event. And that was prompted. I had sold a house in a um, small townhouse condo community. And I wanted, I sold it quickly. It was like 24 hours, multiple offers. I was like, oh, I got to get this postcard out. I got to let these people know. And as I started doing the research, I'm looking at the public records for the you know older people that have been there for quite a bit of time. 48% of that community was women, 48%. So 
So then I looked at another townhouse community in the area and it was 37%. And these women had so much equity in their townhomes being in them from, you know, 2010, 2011, it prompted me to ask, what are they doing with that? Like, are they investing in themselves? Do they understand what potentially they have in equity in their home? And we decided I partnered with an attorney, a accountant, a um, financial advisor, a mortgage and insurance agent, myself, and a health coach, just because you got to round that out all the way around. And we marketed it to the public and had women coming and asking questions. And then after we posted it on Facebook, we had other women raising their hands saying, can I come to the next one? Can I come to the next one? And um, it's just been kind of snowballing from there that we just recently, um, last month, did a divorcing and determined Um when I got into real estate, when I first got in, because there's so many realtors, it was like, okay, I'd go to a networking group and try and figure out what's my niche. How am I trying to differentiate myself from someone that's just here to help you buy, sell, or invest in real estate? Like that's that's the norm of what everyone says. And I got into real estate, be clear, because of my divorce. And you know, I pride myself in the fact that I'm able to either hold your hand and guide you through that process because you really didn't want this to be where your life is, or I'm running along beside you because you're so excited that you're going to be moving and starting forward. And so when I started in real estate, I wrote two eBooks. I wrote a book on how to buy a home after the big split. And then I wrote a book on breaking up the house is hard to do your survival guide for you know, selling your home, going through a divorce. And that has truly brought me to relationships with divorce attorneys, financial advisors that can trust their clients. And and not just, I, I get a ton of male clients referred to me from divorce attorneys because I can be objective on both sides and say, here are the facts. This is not emotions for me. This is what factually is. So we did our first divorcing and determined last month. We had 31 women register. They came in not knowing each other. A lot of them, they like brought one friend and it was really cool. Like there were two different women that were crying and hugging each other and they had not known each other before they walked in. And that's what I like enjoy to do, just like you like to do these podcasts to promote us. I'm just trying to support the community and educate them on, you know, potentials that they have that we can help them with. What are some of the unique challenges that um, women face following a divorce, trying to get a place to live and, and real and investment in real estate? So one of the biggest things when you go through a divorce is, I mean, your credit can be shot really, really quickly. And so having resources of individuals that can walk you through the process. I mean, there are companies that you can pay and and do all of that, but there are, are individuals that I have contact with that will sit down and actually explain to them, okay, these are the different things that you need to look at for us to take a look at. Um, Same with having a a strong group of mortgage lenders if they are going to buy. But it's also about being realistic. I mean, right now, 
in all, rentals are even scarce right now. Like housing, there's a scarcity of it. So it, it's being realistic in regards to what's your level of tolerance and, and what are you able to sacrifice? And those are just co- honest conversations that we have to have and help them to identify what their next step is because everybody's different. For sure. For sure. And everybody's circumstance is different. Um, Their life experience, their age, it all factors in. It does. Uh, So yeah, and it can all be a challenge. Um, Plus following divorce, or even in my case, um, when I um, I was taking care of my mom and she passed away and I needed to sell her property, her house. And you don't know what you don't know. Right. So it becomes insanely challenging. And then it's very difficult to know where to go or who to speak to as well. Well, and that's where, like, I know my lane. I know what I do know, and I know what I don't know. And I know that I don't seek to give legal advice. I don't give financial advice. Those are all people that I surround myself with, people that I call smarter than me, that, you know, they're the ones that I know. I don't have the answer, but I will definitely get you the answer. And that's where, again, that whole networking and those referral partners are just so important because I... I'm not the expert in everything. And I want to make sure that my clients have the people that are. Wonderful. Now, before we got on to the podcast, you also mentioned that you have weekly tips and trips. Yeah. Um, Tell us more about that as well. So I... um... A couple of years ago, had been doing a podcast myself, not nearly as spectacular as yours. Thank uh, you. A couple of years ago, I had, right after the pandemic and all of these businesses were struggling, I had decided that I was going to do a Shelby's showcase. And I was going to um, each week interview a local business person. And then I was going to once a month do a nonprofit. And I did that for all of 2021 and was sharing it and promoting people and having contests in regards to who had the most downloads. And I was at an event um, that was being sponsored for a nonprofit. And this lovely woman that I had interviewed a few months earlier had come to me and she wanted to introduce me to two women. And she's like, oh, my God, you got to meet Shelby. She's the best podcaster ever. And like this light bulb went on and went, wait a minute, I'm not a podcaster. I'm a realtor. Like you totally introduced me to two people that don't know what I really am good at. And so I finished the 2021 year and said to myself, okay, I I still want to get out there and educate. And I still want to promote my fellow business partners, but how can I do that and let people remember what I really do. And so I started tips and trips with Shelby and I do a weekly real estate tip. It's always no more than four to five minutes. Sometimes it might be with a lender and we're talking about the do's and don'ts once you're under contract of what you shouldn't do or what you can do to um, VA loans and explaining what they are to having home inspectors, you know, Tell me about the different types of septic systems and explain them. So 
it's all about, and that's actually the, that's the biggest following I have is my septic system one. And it's got like 5,000 views or something because people <laughs> Google septic systems. Um, but it's, it's just one way again to I, I, not overstepping my lanes in regard to the state requirements, but understanding the legality of a seller's disclosure whether it's in the state of Pennsylvania or if it's in another state, you still have the legals of making sure that you're being honest and disclosing, no matter what the form looks like. So, you know, having an attorney talk about that during a tip and trip so that you understand what you legally have the right to do. So it's just all about educating. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Um, and I would encourage everyone, no matter where you are, to check that out because even though you focus on local businesses, a lot of the information that you're sharing is universal. It is, it is. And then, you know, even talking about national numbers at times, you'll see just me, like with a little selfie, talking to you about, you know, what's happening with mortgage rates and things of that sort. And that's all me getting information from the National Association of Realtors. Like I'm just reading you information, but if you're not seeing it somewhere else, you know, you're at least hearing it from me. That sounds wonderful. So uh, that information will definitely be in the show notes. So I encourage everyone to go back and take a look at the show notes and get in touch with you for sure. So what have been the biggest surprises in your industry within, let's say, the last five or six years um, that when you started, it, it, your the industry that you're in um, was different in many ways, and now it's evolved. Uh, mm -hmm. What would you be? What would you say are some of the biggest changes and um, that you've come across? So I would say lack of home inspections is mind-boggling to me. That we are truly. In the last few years, because there have just been so many multiple offers and so much um, just frustration with lack of being able to get an offer accepted, more and more individuals are waiving inspections. Now we're seeing them come back now. Like I have a property right now that's finalizing the inspections today. Um, and it all depends because, again, when you're purchasing an $800,000 home, there's a level of, okay, you're, you're not going to buy an $800,000 home without an inspection. But people were. When it was really crazy at 3% interest rates, I mean, I actually sold someone a house that they never got in. They, did, they never saw it. They, the home inspector was allowed to go in. He took some pictures for them. The seller was the one that was actually videoing their house and they didn't see their house until the day they got their keys because they weren't allowed to be in the homes during that time. Um, obviously, that part of the, the, the market has changed, but it's still really mind boggling to me how many people are waiving inspections. Um, they're still going. I mean, we're, we're in a seller's market, so they're going over asking price if it's priced accordingly. Um, it's just sellers need to be educated on where the market was and where it is now, because a lot of them think that because their neighbor's house eight months ago sold for this, 
that they can get more than that because their house is better, but the interest rates are much different now. So it's just that educating them. Sure. It's, uh, it's reality. Mm -hmm. uh, actually being realistic about what you're purchasing and what you're selling. I can't imagine though, buying property without any type of inspection. I can see the nightmare in that. I mean, even with an inspection, you, you move into a property and suddenly discover things that no one actually knew were there. Mm -hmm. um, that happened to some people I know who recently had mold issues, and, but it was underneath the walls. Nobody would have known. Right. Yeah, that's so, why the seller's disclosures are so important in regards to, and, and even checking with local insurance companies. So when you go under contract, one in the state of Pennsylvania, one of the options is for you to elect is to make sure that you can get homeowners and insurance, like flood insurance. And it, you can utilize that to check to make sure that there are no previous claims that didn't get disclosed on that seller's disclosure and be able to go back and say, wait a minute, you didn't tell us about you know, the flooding of your basement in 2002. Why isn't that on the disclosure? So it gives you another fail-safe of trying to make sure that you're doing your due diligence and in your inspections. Yeah, that came up for me when I purchased a townhome in New Jersey. Um, the water heater had flooded mm. uh, through the ceiling. It, it, the water heater was upstairs and it had flooded. And um, I went to get insurance for my mortgage and the, the ladies I was sitting across from said, oh, we may have a problem. Yeah. Um, fortunately, I was able to purchase and everything was fine and the, the water heater had been replaced. But wow, you don't know. No, you don't. Biggest financial decision you're probably making in your life. It takes, there's emotion involved in it for sure. Oh, there's so many aspects to this. Well, a lot, all of this information or the information on how to contact you and uh, some other assets that you bring to the table will be in the show notes. So I encourage everyone to definitely check out the show notes. Shelby, it was a pleasure having you on the podcast today. Thank, Thank you so very much. Thank you so much. I really am honored that you asked me and I can't wait to share this with other people and like I said, I, I've been on the other end and it's really cool to be able to just kind of share some of the stuff that gives me joy. So I really thank you for allowing me to do that. Well, thank you. Thanks for joining us. Please follow us, submit a rating and review and share us with your friends. This helps our message reach more listeners. For more information about my products, visit justwantedtoask.com. Thank you.